You're listening to Pastor Jesse Miller of City Lights Church. This is Proverbs 3, 13 to 22, if you want to. It should be on the screen. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is the tree of life to, who, to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge and deeps broken up, and the clouds drop down the dew. My son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, and they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Then you will walk on your way securely, and your foot will not stumble. Linda read that portion out of Proverbs chapter 3. I would encourage you throughout this week and, and throughout these next few weeks, read over and over again Proverbs chapter 1 through 9. Put it in your heart. Let it go deep in you. Uh, you'll notice throughout the rest of Proverbs and all of Proverbs that Solomon tends to repeat some things. He says them a little bit differently, but they're the same key ideas over and over again. And so Linda read one of those. I'm actually, this morning, we're going to look at Proverbs chapter 8. But before I do that, let me ask you a question. Um, who in here won the Powerball this week? Nobody. Nobody at all won the Powerball. How many of you guys made plans for what you would have done if you hypothetically would ever win a Powerball or a lottery? That's what I thought, yeah. So we all kind of make that dream world, that scenario in our head, like, oh, $1.4, $1.3 billion. And then, like, I've heard somebody say, well, I'd I'd give uh, a million to this, this, and this, and all my family members would give a million dollars. I'm like, easy. But then when you really think about it, You could give a million dollars to like almost everybody you know and still have a lot of money left. Um, We talked about before a few weeks ago if the church really became a generous people, if we really began to tithe, if we really began to invest into into the church and what the church would be able to do with the increased tithing if people actually gave what it would look like. And it was like a billion some dollars and you could literally handle most of the world's problem with that that amount of money. so we all kind of have these dreams of what we would do, but the reality is a lot of us live paycheck to paycheck, or maybe we got a nice little retirement. You live here in Scranton, so maybe you're, you probably aren't a multimillionaire. If you are, come talk to me. I got some plans for us. Um, kidding, kind of. Um, but we all kind of have this dream world, and like if I would say to you, I have the winning Powerball ticket, but if I said I really had something of that kind of value this morning, you would want it, right? You would want that kind of value. And this morning, we see in Proverbs that we have something more valuable than the winning Powerball ticket. Something with worth all the gold, all the silver. We have something of great riches. And we see Solomon talks about it as wisdom. Wisdom is more valuable than gold, silver, any kind of riches, any kind of jewelry. Wisdom is of more value. And you say, okay, that sounds nice and it's all spiritual. Yeah, yeah, it's got more value, but give me the money, all right? Show me the money. That's what you're really thinking. And I would say to you that wisdom can include all the riches of the earth financially, materially. It can also include a lot of everything else. Wisdom is the most precious commodity on earth when it's God-given wisdom. 
Not man wisdom, but God-given wisdom. And that's what we're looking at over these next few weeks. What does God's wisdom look like for us? How do we find it? We talked over the last few weeks about here having the heart of Solomon, a heart that loved the Lord and wanted to be generous. That's where God ten- tends to put wisdom in. The beginning of knowledge is a fear of the Lord, a love of the Lord. And Solomon's desire was to help the people of Israel with that wisdom. Make sense? So I want to read Proverbs chapter 8. We're going to start verses 10 through 11 if if we can. It says this, Take my instruction instead of silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than jewels, and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. Everything you can desire doesn't compare with what wisdom has to offer. Everything you have, have in your heart, right? It's better than gold. It's more than gold. It's more than silver. It brings wealth. This morning, I want to say a few different things about wisdom. Today, we're talking about what are the blessings of wisdom. I know some of you may cringe when I say the word blessing because you're thinking prosperity gospel. Let's all get rich quick. That's not what this is. But in the kingdom of God, there are real promises of blessings in multiple facets, multiple areas of our lives. Make sense? And so one of the things this, this morning, what I want to really focus on, we talked a few weeks about the, about the heart, of, heart of wisdom. Last week, look, last week we looked at the fatherly, motherly heart of wisdom. Today I want to look at the blessings of wisdom. So if you have your bulletin, there's places to take notes, we're going to look at a few different things. We could really list a ton of blessings that, come, that we see in Proverbs coming out of wisdom, but I want to look at a few primary areas of, of wisdom's blessings this morning. Okay, tracking? Everybody good? This is like one of the happiest messages you're probably going to get in a while, so just cheer up, people, all right? Blessings this morning. This is good news. One of the blessings of wisdom is that it's better than gold, silver, and jewels. Whose is written by? Solomon. Solomon had everything. He was the richest king imaginable. He was the wisest king. And with that wisdom came blessing. Let's look at 1 Kings chapter 9, if you could, real quickly. Um, flip there. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just read this. Because um, it's only a verse or two. 1 Kings chapter 9. And 1 Kings, right before this few chapters, is where we see God say to Solomon, what do you want? He says, I want wisdom so I can judge and rule and help my people, your people, Israel. I want to be able to rule as you would rule. Make sense? So God says, I've given you wisdom. Here it is. So he gets wisdom early in 1 Kings. A few chapters later, 1 Kings chapter 9, we see this in verse 15. And this is the account of the forced labor that King Solomon drafted to build the house of the Lord and his own house and the millo and the walls of Jerusalem and Hazar and Megiddo and Gazar. Pharaoh's, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, had gone up and captured Gazar and built it with fire, or burn it with fire. And he had killed the Canaanites who lived in the city and he had given its dowry to his daughter Solomon's wife. So Solomon rebuilt Gazar. And lower Beth Horon, and Balath, and Tamar in the wilderness in the land of Judah, and all the stone, all the store cities that Solomon had, and the cities for his chariots, the cities for his horsemen, and whatever Solomon desired to build in Jerusalem, in Lebanon, and in all the land of his dominion. Okay, what does that just mean? Solomon had some workers, and he gets his land where Pharaoh had destroyed it, burned it, killed the people. Solomon decides I'm going to rebuild it. How is this wisdom? How is this better than gold, silver, and jewels? How is this better? 
We have a map. I want to show you this, and I know it's a little hard to see, and there's a lot of words on this. Right now it's just blank. There's nothing there. It's pretend. Um, imagine a map. I'm the map. I'm, okay, there we are. We got the map. Oh, I have kids, so I can sing Dora songs. It's okay. Um, so we see three cities named here, right? This is, this is Israel, for those of you who don't know. Over here is like Assyria. We have all kinds of empires here. Down here we have Egypt and Pharaoh. And basically at this time, that was the world. If I would zoom out just a little bit more, it's basically the world. And so you have Solomon and Israel right here. And to get trades from here to Egypt, guess where you got to go through? Right through there, right? This is a mountain range. This is an, a, a sea. There's a desert through here. The only nice places are right through here. Okay, got it? And Solomon, in his wisdom that he just acquired, he's like, what am I going to do? I'm going to build a fortified city here, here, and here. I got three forts, <laughs> three major fortified cities on the only road that you can trade from Egypt to the rest of the world and vice versa. If you want to trade anything, guess where you're coming through? Me. And I'm protecting it. And when you come through, I take a little of what you have. You got to pay to drive through. It's tolls. It's the turnpike. That's what it is. It's the ancient turnpike. Solomon, in his newly acquired wisdom, says, God, what can I do for the people of Israel? How can I help our, how can I help our nation? I'm going to fortify Megiddo, which is where a lot of us hear the, heard the term Armageddon. That, literally, that place right there, Megiddo, where is it at? Right there, is one of the most fought pieces of land in all of the world. Actually, like more blood's been spilled there than anywhere else. Why? Why is, that Arm- why is Armageddon such a like, horrible spot? Why, why is there so much fights there? Because it's the only nice piece of land from one side to the other. It's the intersection. It's the crossroads. It's, it's boardwalk and monopoly. It's the place you want. So there's fights over it. And he says, I'm building a fort there, and I'm building one at the other two ends. So the kingdom has wealth. Make sense? Tracking with me? When you have wisdom, you don't think, like, I'm just this nice wise guy, come and ask me your problems and I'll tell you how to fix them. You actually do something about it that creates kingdom wealth. Kingdom wealth. I know I'm not a prosperity gospel guy. That's all I'm saying. But there's something when you ask God for wisdom that he gives you the ability to do something that nobody else has done and make increase. We are called to make increase in this city. To go in to invest. To see things bloom to see things come alive there's this mentality in okay in churches right because you don't want to ever be like all about money and you don't want to ever be one side or the other there's this there's this mentality that where the the pendulum swung right it's from well god doesn't want everybody to be a millionaire and we don't want to preach that so he wants everybody to be poor and broken right and then you have the other side where like, god doesn't call us all to be broken so he wants us to all be millionaires I'm not saying either of those two sides, but there is a call on believers to listen to wisdom and see increase wherever they are. 
Just because you're broke doesn't mean you're more spiritual than the guy who's rich. Just because you're rich doesn't mean you're more spiritual than the guy who's poor. We have to be rich in his kingdom, rich in his wisdom, and make increase in what, if it looks like $100 or if it looks like $10 billion, we are called to use it for his kingdom. Solomon used the wealth not just for himself, but for all God's people. The, The people, there was peace, there was joy in the land because he exercised wisdom. And there was finances there as well. Make sense? It's okay to ask God to help you economically, to give you wisdom. Don't sit around and wait for him to give you a Powerball ticket. Do something with the creative ideas that he puts in your heart. Do something with the wisdom that he speaks to you. And watch how things begin to shift. When we walk in wisdom... Our desires no longer become far-off dreams that we just sit and think about. Maybe someday somebody will give this to me. But they become a possible reality of the kingdom. They become a possible reality in what God has dreamt for us. Let's talk about wisdom, not just in finances, silver and gold. So maybe some of you guys don't dream about money at all, but maybe there are other real dreams in your heart. You wish for a husband. You wish for a wife. You wish for broken relationships with family to be restored. Make sense? Maybe that's the dream. And I would say that wisdom is better than gold, silver, jewels, because it also incorporates that when we walk in wisdom, but it also incorporates all the other dreams in our hearts. When we walk in wisdom, we see relationships begin to bloom instead of die. Nobody's agreeing with me this morning. Let me, um, you ever met somebody who's single and you know why they're single, but you don't want to tell them why they're single? Like on the first date, they're talking about like silly things like, I don't know, their ant farm or something. I, I don't know. Or they just like, they, they, don't, ba- they don't bathe or they're really bad with their family, or whatever. You guys know, there, there are times where we have these dreams for relationships. Oh, I wish I had a healthy relationship with my mom. Well, how about you call her once in a while and stop cursing her out every time you talk to her? Like, have a little wisdom when you engage with your relationships. You want a girlfriend? You want a boyfriend? Take a bath. Get a job. Talk about good things. Talk about Jesus. Wisdom, Right? Wisdom. Don't be weird, right? Wisdom. I'm sorry if it hurts your feelings. There are desires in our hearts that God wants us to be blessed with, but we have to walk in wisdom to get there. God's wisdom gives us insight to a situation that we wouldn't even recognize before, and all of a sudden, like, I was going to, out of my flesh, out of my heart, I was going to have this conversation with this person, but I feel like I need to have this conversation. Make sense? Has anybody ever experienced that before? Two of us. That's good. And three, three nods. That's good. The rest of you will learn. Listening to the voice of wisdom goes against what I want to do, how I want to act with this guy, girl, family member, job, whatever. And now I act how I feel the Spirit leading me to act, the conversation that He's leading me to have. And all of a sudden, there's blessings in relationships and in finances. Relationships, we often have self-sabotage. Financial wisdom, we have self-sabotage in very different ways. It's, um, 
I mean, I'm going for the extremes here just because I like to and they're funny. But uh, it's sending your banking account information to your lost cousin in Nigeria because he says he has your inheritance waiting for you. Like, that's not wisdom. Sorry if that was you. I, I actually know people who have gone through that. They don't live around here and they're broke now. Um, but, like, there are these moments where we like, get caught up in the scheme and we don't think financial wisdom. It's, I can't pay my bills, but uh, I call in sick every time I get a stuffy nose right? Like, you're, you're, you're broke as a joke. I just don't feel like going, oh, I think I got a, a stuffy nose today. Take some NyQuil and call off. No, you need to go to work, boss. Suck it up, right? Wisdom. I can't buy milk for my kids, for my family, but I pay $30 a month to rent a center for my new flat screen TV. Wisdom, people. Wisdom. You make $11 an hour, but you spend $20 an hour on your credit cards. Wisdom, people. Wisdom. All we have to do is say, God, give me wisdom and let me steward it. Let me live out of wisdom and watch how I become blessed. Watch how my situation shifts. I'm no longer in poverty waiting for somebody to hand me something. I'm in wisdom and I'm creating something with what God's given me. Make sense? You, if you are in financial debt, you can get out of it. You can. You can get out of it. God has given in you the ability to think and ask him for wisdom and create a new reality with his blessings. I'm not preaching God wants us all to be millionaires. I'm preaching that God wants us to see increase in every area of our lives. Whatever that season is, we all go through broke seasons. I, I'm, I understand with that. But we're not all called to broke, poor lives thinking the world owes us something. Ask God for wisdom. I'm not preaching prosperity. I'm preaching wisdom. Don't blame the results of your foolishness on God's sovereignty. Your foolishness is not God's sovereign plan. Get over yourself. Don't blame him. Well, you, some people, I, I've heard so many times, I'm just suffering for the gospel. No, you're dumb and you haven't worked a job in three years. Like, I'm, I'm being blunt and honest with you. Go do something. Wisdom. You bought a car you can't afford. Don't blame it on God. Let me be clear. Some of you struggle not because of foolish decisions. I get it. I know. Some of you struggle because there have been sacrifices that you've had to make. There's been real investments that have cost you something. And so financially things are tight. I get that. I'm not speaking against that. Or sometimes life just throws you curveballs. Life throws curveballs financially sometimes. I get that. I get it. I'm not speaking against you, but I'm speaking against the, those of us who have and are, are maybe still doing, like, God, when are you going to pay me? When are you going to give me that Powerball ticket? And God says, no, ask for wisdom and then do something with it. That's what I'm speaking this morning, wisdom. There's blessings when we seek him, him above everything else. When we look to him first, there's blessings in that when we walk in wisdom. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 12. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence, and I find knowledge and discretion. <clears throat> the fear of the Lord is, is hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance are the ways of evil, and the perverted speak, speech I hate. I have counsel and sound wisdom. I have insight. I have strength. By me, kings reign, the, and rulers decree what is just. By me, princes rule, and nobles, all who govern justly. I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently find me riches and honor are with me enduring wealth and righteousness my fruit is better than gold even fine gold and my yield than cho choice silver 
I walk in the ways of righteousness and in the paths of justice, granting an inheritance to those who love me and filling their treasuries. The second part of what I want to talk about, the blessings of wisdom, is inheritance, leadership, and honor all to go, all to go together here. We see in that passage that by wisdom, kings and rulers reign. There's something about wisdom that gives you the ability to lead. It gives you to, the ability to have an inheritance, we see at the end of that passage, out of your leadership, and we see you be able to do, do your leadership with honor. There's honor given to you, and there's honor that flows out of you. Make sense? So this is all in that umbrella of leadership that comes with wisdom. This is, let me say this, it, it is time, I, I'm, I firmly believe this, it's time that the righteous, it's time that those who seek God get the promotion, promotions at their work because they walk in wisdom. Not because they walk in self or because they've earned it, but because they walk in wisdom. How many of you guys are like tired of like that one person getting the, the promotion that's like, they, they're lazy, they don't do their job? I've had this conversation a lot lately. Man, my boss, he just is so lazy. Like, I, we are called to lead whatever mountain we're in. If we're in medical field, education, the arts and, and media, we are called as the body to be the example and to lead this whole earth to rule and reign. God put Adam, let, let me say this. Think about the creation story. I think we get it so messed up, right? We think that God sent, made Adam and Eve and all these birds and plants so that he could like feel like, look how beautiful that is. I feel so good about myself and I need friends. Like, that's not God at all. God put Adam and Eve on the one place in the universe that the fallen, fallen Lucifer had come and brought darkness to. He put us here and he said, you rule in my place. You have a part of creativity. Start naming the animals and start ruling over the earth. Seeing increase. Be fruitful and multiply. Fruitful does not mean have more babies because that's what multiply means. Don't, it's a little, it would be redundant. Be fruitful on the earth. Have dominion over the earth on my behalf. Bring the kingdom of heaven to the one place that has darkness. You and I are created to lead, to lead society, to not be the people always in the back waiting for every corrupt governor, politician, boss, whatever, to tell us what to do. We are not stormtroopers doing whatever the Sith Lords tell us. We are created to make the kingdom manifest on the earth now. It's time that we stop being humble we actually step into the place that God's called us to have influence in, to know that he's called us, to recognize when he's given us wisdom because we've asked him for it, and recognize when he's given us a place of authority and take it. Let me say this, you are not a church mouse. That classic picture of, you know, we're just nice little Christians and we get rid of it. That idea is ridiculous. We're more than conquerors. We are ambassadors. We can do anything through Christ who strengthens us, right? Yes, we walk in humility. Yes, we walk with a servant's heart. We walk in love. We love the people that we, we are around. We love the people at our jobs, but we are called to lead. We are called to show honor. 
and then have honor given back to us. It's by wisdom that kings rule and reign. It's by wisdom that honor is given to them. It's by wisdom that they give honor to those around them. It's by wisdom that they build an inheritance for those under them. We are called to build an inheritance. I I would say to you this morning, if you want a promotion at work, start seeking God's wisdom and start demonstrating it. What does that look like? Um, maybe stop gossiping. Let's just do that. <laughs> Let's stop gossiping. Maybe, um, maybe it's stop showing up late. Maybe watch the way you talk with people. Maybe it's starting to ask God for wisdom about the details of your job, how to make things better, more efficient, how to have creative ideas to make the workplace a better place. Everybody, everybody just looks really somber right now. I just, I just crushed all your dreams by telling you to stop gossiping. I can't gossip at the water fountain. Stop showing up late. Stop showing up late. How about that? That's, just, that's an easy one. Stop showing up late. To me, one of the biggest values in my heart is your time. I worked a job where this guy, literally, I worked second shift. My shift got off at 11. He would show up at 11.30, quarter of 12, quarter after 12, and give me the same old line on his, his alarm. He, he slept through his alarm. No, you don't honor me. You don't honor the people you work with. You honor yourself only. You're selfish. Get over yourself. Show up on time. Honor those around you. You want to have people give you honor? Honor their time. You tell them you're going to meet them at 7, meet them at, meet them at 6.55. Get there early. I, I, maybe this pushes on your buttons a little bit. Time is a great way to show somebody you honor them. You cherish them. Stop gossiping, stop, stop lying, show up on time. If you say you're going to do something, do it. These are ways that the wise rule and reign and then are given honor back into them. This is not like some religious do list. But if you want the blessings of honor, you have to do the work to get the honor. The blessings of wisdom, you have to do the work to get the wisdom. So many people in our society want a free Powerball ticket, and that's not what the gospel is. Yeah, grace is the free ticket. But the blessings and the favor, that's something we have to store and cherish and live out of. Where to find God's wisdom? James chapter 1, verse 5 simply says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him go, from, go to God because God gives it freely. He gives it freely. I love that verse. That has been a motto for my life. Okay, God, I don't know what to do. James 1, you give it freely. Come on, give it. I'm, I'm seeking you first. One of the things I found myself doing, honestly, and I think, I think we've got to be rea- real here. How many of us have gone through a major life decision, we don't know what to do, and instead of going and spending some real time in prayer and asking God, we ask every person that we know. We're at the grocery store, like the clerk at Garrity's. Uh, I have this major crisis. Maybe you don't really do that. I'm kidding. But like we go to all of our friends and see if there's a common consensus, and then we pray and say, yeah, God, are you going to see what all my friends are saying? Okay, yes. Go to God first. It's, Bible talks about godly counsel. Absolutely. I believe friends are, godly friends are there for us to encourage each other, to give godly wisdom and counsel to. But why are we not going to him first? And why are we not trusting when he puts something in our heart? That's what James says. If you want wisdom, go there, ask him, and then trust it. The next thing I want to say, I'll try to wrap up here soon, Maybe. I'm not going to lie. I might. I got a lot here to say. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 22. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work. 
the first of his acts of old, ages ago I was set up, at the first before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. Before he had made the earth with its fields or the first of the dust of the world, when he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the seas its limits so that the water might not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him like a master workman. I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in the inhabited world and delighting in the children of men. Wisdom was there when he made the earth. Wisdom and creativity are hand in hand. They go together. Let me read something real quick. This is, I, we have a couple copies of this left. I encourage you to get this book. It has literally been a prophetic word for where we are at right now. Um, the things that I've been going through and the church is going through. Um, I want to read this. This is by Bill Johnson, The Power That Changes the World. Our liberty in Christ enables us to try to be the best, not just for the world, or not just in the world, but for the world. Fear keeps so many people from becoming who God made them to be. It is tragic for God to make so many masterpieces, only to have them compromised through fear of man. Creativity is normal for any believer who is not influenced by anxiety. I want you to hear that. Creativity is normal for any believer who is not influenced by anxiety. The purest expression of our faith often can be seen in the unique way that we approach life. Conscious of the perfect, loving Father, and with a heart that beats to see the impossibilities of life, bow to the name of Jesus through our lips. We live as people with access to heavenly solutions for earthly problems. We were created to create. We have been called as co-laborers in the field of life to help define the nature of the world we want to live. You and I, when we, don't, when we get rid of fear of man, when we get rid of fear of self, and when we just trust that God's good, all of a sudden we're free to be creative. And now we have heavenly answers to earthly problems. You and I, wisdom, one of the blessings of wisdom is the ability to create, to be creative. Some of you might not be politicians creative that way. Some of you might, might not be economic experts. Some of you might not be musicians. Some of you might, might not be pastors. But whatever field that you're in, you are given the ability to be creative because it's part of the design and the nature of God. And we are created in his image. We were given a task for the foundations of the earth to be creative, to name the animals, to rule and reign, to be fruitful and multiply. And that comes when we start being creative. God is calling us at City Lights, I believe, and I'm not just saying the church, I'm saying all of us in the church, to a new season of creativity to display his kingdom. Creativity is only put in us so that we reflect who he is. The beauty of God. Creativity is not put in you so that you have a cool new song to woo all the women. <laughs> creativity is not put in you so that you can have a nice yacht one day and your big mansion. Creativity is given to you by God when you seek wisdom to reflect him because it's who he is he is creative creative I don't I don't know what that looks like for each one of you I, I don't even know what it completely looks like for me 
but I have a, a responsibility to ask God to give me wisdom so that I can begin to create new solutions, new expressions of who he is. If you're an artist, begin to paint with freedom. If you're a musician, uh, sing with freedom. If you're in finance, begin to ask God to give you creativity to solve new problems, to create wealth, to bring the kingdom of God. Does that make sense? Whatever your field is, if you're in medical, if you're, if you're in medicine, guess what? We need creativity to find cures. I mean, rarely in the history of medicine do people just stumble on the, the cure. There's creativity, there's work, there's a process. And I believe that God's calling us to a new season of creativity in the city. That we can be a city that doesn't look like dreary old Scranton. <laughs> Scranton. <laughs> but we really become a place of light and hope. That God restores this city. That he, we're gonna, the only way to restore this city is through creativity, honestly. We need new ideas. We don't need last year's ideas because they didn't work. We need new God-given ideas. What, I have to ask you this morning, what fear of man holds you back from becoming a crea- creative person and expressing what God has put in you, the dreams that God's put in you, the, the creative ideas? What fear of man holds you back? This morning during worship, I really felt this, that there's a spirit of criticism that needs to be killed. Maybe it's criticism inside of you to you, or maybe a spirit of criticism in you toward others. But I would say the spirit of criticism has to be killed. If we want to see God's kingdom manifest in this city and in this church, we have to stop criticizing the creative expression of each other and the creative expression of ourselves. I've told you before how I used to write a lot of poetry through high school and middle school. I was very sappy. (laughs) But then one day I became critical of myself, and I stopped writing. And that kind of hurt my wife because I stopped giving her all the poetry I used to give her. (laughs) And I have to force myself, like, I'm not going to criticize myself. I'm going to express myself. I'm going to be creative. And we need to begin to do that in every area of society. Feel free to be creative. If the worship team can come forward. I'm wrapping up here. Proverbs, I want to finish this chapter real quick. I'll read this with you. Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 32. It says this, and now, O sons, this is that father's heart again to his sons, giving the inheritance, giving the wisdom. O sons and daughters, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise and do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me injures himself. All who hate me love death. The end of this chapter it gives us these three general areas of, of, of the blessings of wisdom. With the dreams that we have, whether it's finances, gold, silver, or just being able to give, those kind of things, finance, uh, relation, any dream in our heart, it's better than. Wisdom brings. It brings honor. brings the ability to lead. It brings creativity in our hearts. But it brings life. If we hang on to wisdom, it brings life. If you find God's wisdom, you find life. If you hang on to it, 
and you live it out, you actually demonstrate the wisdom that God speaks. If you live it out, you find real life. We see this in verse 35 there, it says, and you obtain favor from the Lord. In chapter 3, we see in verse 4 that when we keep wisdom and we walk in love, we get favor and good success in the sight of God and man, it says. You and I, when we live with just listening to the voice of wisdom, hearing it, grabbing it, and then demonstrating it, we are, you know, there's, there's this weird thing. I, I don't even, <clears throat> you and I are, let me, let me say this. You and I are justified before God, right? That because of Christ, we are pure, spotless. But when we walk in wisdom, we receive favor. Favor is very different than grace. It's not the same thing. When we walk and demonstrate wisdom, we walk in this favor where God begins to give and multiply and see fruit in our life because we we've hold on to what he's given us. It's the parable of the, the servants with the talents. They invest in the one who buries it. The master's not very happy with. He didn't see increase. But when we walk in wisdom, God gives us favor, not just between us and him, but also man around us, the world around us. I want to be a person who walks so much in wisdom that I'm able to bless the people that I'm around because that's the heart of wisdom. But I want to have favor, not just with God, but with city councilmen, with the police department, with the educational department, where principals know and respect City Lights, Jesse Miller, Ben Hailstone. They, they know who we are because we've walked in honor, we've walked in wisdom, we've walked in favor. Does that make sense? Where they favor us. There's... It's life when you walk in this. I, and I want us to be people to hang on to it. And we, we, we receive it when it's given. So, 1 Kings chapter 8, we read where he built these walls. He built these cities. 1 Kings chapter 9, the queen of Sheba comes to him and sits at his feet and wants to hear everything he has to say. And then she says, I've only heard part of it. When they told me about how awesome it was, it was only half and this kingdom and your wisdom is beyond what they told me and it's better to be a servant for you than anything else anywhere else. That's favor with God and man. The queen of Sheba comes and says, this is the best place on earth is in your presence because you're wise and all that God has is yours. It's just insane. This morning, I'm, this is, like I said, this is, this is a happy message. I know this music right now is kind of like... Whatever. Smile. There is blessing and wisdom, and wisdom is a free gift to those who love him and want to be able to bless the city around him. If it's for yourself, then the blessing's misplaced. But it's okay to desire blessing, okay? It is okay. I've gone the opposite way in my theology for years because I heard that prosperity gospel preached, and that doesn't work in the middle of a village in Africa. Trust God, and all of a sudden you'll have a big house. Maybe, but probably not. I've, I've been to Africa multiple times. And I sat down with them. I've come on my plane from my nice house with my stuff. And I've sat down in the middle of a village, where, or actually in the middle of a dump where these kids were living. But they knew Jesus and they were the happiest people I've ever met in my life. I literally was broken hearted because I didn't want to come back here and fall into my own selfishness. I wanted to stay there where people had nothing, but they loved Jesus more than anything. So I'm not preaching prosperity, but it is okay to say, God, I'm, I know my heart. 
I know my heart is not for me. It's for you and for the people around me that you love. And it's okay that you want to bless me so that I can be a blessing to others. Does that make sense? It's okay if that's the desire of your heart. So this morning as we worship, I just, I want to encourage you. If, if one of those things has been a struggle for you, whether finances, relationship issues, or creativity, or frustration at work, or maybe you're critical of others or you're critical of yourself, I want to encourage you to stand as we worship and ask God to change your heart to receive wisdom and to demonstrate honor and wisdom and love so that you can be a blessing and you will be blessed and made by